I just think it's cool that, that there's 75,000 volunteers in the processing center so far this season, and that's over a quarter million hours given. But if to try to even capture the volunteer network around the world, it, it you couldn't you couldn't pay for it. It truly is priceless. Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from our Senior Director of International, Operation Christmas Child, David Thompson. He recently joined me in our Boone, North Carolina Processing Center. And today, we want to take you into the Processing Center to give you a glimpse of what happens with each shoebox gift, to let you see how they're lovingly processed and prayed over before they're shipped overseas to the children. Our Boone Processing Center manager, Abram, gets us started with a tour. Basically, we're in the Processing Center in Boone, so can you just walk us through when a volunteer group comes in, what do they do, and how do you get them involved in, in processing these shoeboxes? So we have volunteers start coming in around 9 a.m. And so uh, we welcome them in with a smile and start getting them uh, placed here by the really beautiful Christmas tree. Uh, I know your listeners won't be able to, to see it, but just a phenomenal, beautiful Christmas tree here. Uh, really ushers in the spirit of Christmas. We get them checked in uh, on a system here. Our goal here is to welcome them in, uh, greet them well, and quickly get them out onto the next stage because we really, they didn't come here to be greeted. They came here to process some shoeboxes. So we pretend we're a group coming through. So we've processed, gotten our name tag, um, and now we're gonna be assigned. What are the different roles that people can serve here at the processing center? Uh, in this processing center, 18 tables that you can serve on. There's several roles at each table. The first role is that of an inspector. So they're opening the shoebox. They're looking for any correspondence to the ministry and removing that to make sure that, that we receive that here. Or maybe even uh, harm the opportunity for the shoebox to get in country. And so we pull those out. And, uh, and then we also make sure that every shoebox is an incredibly high quality gift because we believe that the quality of these shoeboxes really does serve as the platform of our witness for Jesus. And so then um, the next role is to tape it. This is an important role. It's pretty exciting. The taper gets to be the very last person to hold a shoebox before the child when it's still open. And they tape it to seal it closed and its contents are now secure for the entire rest of its journey. After that, they're uh, moved over to a scanner who's gonna scan every single shoebox. And so that scan is what uh, allows them to see what country their shoeboxes go to. And so these are going to the country of South Africa. And so that scan is what ties that together. Then they're placed in a carton that's organized by, by gender and by age category. And once we have a full carton, they're uh, closed and sent on down for our shipping and receiving guys to shepherd into the containers. Okay, we've watched a couple boxes go on as we've been talking. So a box is now loaded onto the conveyor belt, taken on down. All right, so here we are. This is where the cartons are taken. What happens here? There's an empty container sitting right here, ready to receive the next load of shoeboxes. Um, as we, we complete this, 30 pallets worth of shoeboxes. We'll go onto this container. We take a moment, we stop, we lay hands on the, the last row there. We pray over this container. And it's, it's kind of an honor to be the last people on this side of the shoebox who even get to see. Uh, the next people who see it is gonna be our volunteers on the international side. It was great to hear from Abram about everything that is involved in getting these shoeboxes ready to be sent. There are so many steps, and with each roll, our volunteers have the opportunity to pray over the boxes, 
You heard from David Thompson at the start of the episode, and he joined me at the Processing Center to tell us more about how millions of shoeboxes make their way across the seas to be delivered to children. So we have about uh, 1,200 containers of those gifts filled with 7,000 boxes, and they're going to go from here onto rail lines and then out to the ports and then get on these huge sea container ships that you've probably seen where they stack them high into the air, dozens high, and these incredible ships will then sail and take them to over 120 different countries. Uh, some places they'll be reloaded on trains in places like Rotterdam or uh, part Sri Lanka, and then other places that they'll go straight into the port of the country that we're going to. Uh, then from there, they go on to the country. So it might be Central African Republic, which is in the heart of Africa, and it might take a couple months once they're even to Africa to the port to get up to the country. As you mentioned, it takes planes, trains, and automobiles. So tell us about our partners. Who is accepting these? Who welcome them off of the ships and the trains to put them into the hands of the kids? Yes, excellent. So we have national leaders in each of the countries. There's six key uh, leaders who oversee the strategy, the prayer, mobilizing the churches that will come and get those gifts. First, we have to get them through government regulations, through customs and, and exoneration process so that the government's approved for them to come in. And we're able to do that in some places that are very restricted, that in Asia and North Africa, that very few ministries are even able to operate. But those national leaders, they have a strategy, they have a plan for where those gifts will go. Then they'll get them into the hands of the local churches, and those local churches is, is with teams praying will get the evangelism and discipleship all around those gifts so that kids not only get the gift but hear the gospel proclaimed. So those teams of national leaders are the most incredible resource the Lord's entrusted to us. They, they bring the gifts to life. They, they make uh, this project happen on, on that international side. That's what I love. I mean, I get teary looking around this room at volunteers who have given up vacation time and, you know, they come here to spend hours uh, processing these shoeboxes. So each part, it's like the body of Christ, is so important. We couldn't do one without the other. And so that's what I love, all this working together as we're sending boxes to Ukraine. We've sent boxes into war-torn countries many times, and I'm sure there's many other than Ukraine going out this year, kids that are impacted by war um, and, and truly are vulnerable um, and in really a state of darkness. How can we pray for their hearts to be penetrated with the light during that time? Yeah, the hope of the world is for the church to rise up, especially in places like Ukraine and, and to take the gospel out. And so there'll be about 400,000 in the Ukraine that are going to get the gifts. And you know, they have uh, air sirens going off, they have missiles overhead, but to have that local church connection uh, is so vital and so important. But to also come alongside the churches with gifts that just demonstrate in an outreach format uh, that, that they're loved too and that they're not forgotten by God and they're not forgotten by us. While I was at the Processing Center, I was able to talk with Alex. Alex received a shoebox when he was a child. Alex grew up in Rwanda, a country that went through a horrific genocide that killed hundreds of thousands of people and left him as an orphan. And Alex understands better than anyone what David means when he talks about the shoebox helping children suffering from the trauma of war to remember that they're not forgotten by God. The country of Rwanda went through a lot of tribal unrest back in the 90s. And during that time, the people had been divided in tribes and hatred was created between two of the tribes. And so you find yourself uh, one tribe killing another tribe 
but that hatred burst into a genocide in 1994, and a million people were killed, and over 400,000 orphans were left in the country. So during this time, I was six years old, and unfortunately, one of my grandmother, my grandmother and one of my uncles were both killed. And so at the end of that genocide, after about three months, I was put in an orphanage by my, my aunt. So again, this orphanage, and I'm living with uh, 250 other kids, and all of us had lost our loved ones. At this time, we had you know, lost all hope. But in July of 1994, right after the genocide ended, uh, one of the first organizations that responded was Samaritan's Purse. And uh, they brought Operation Christmas Child Shoe back to our orphanage a year later, as they were in the country already helping people physically and spiritually. So they bring boxes to our orphanage, and I got to receive a shoebox gift as a seven-year-old. And that was the very first gift I ever received in my life. And that was very special to me. You know, it planted that seed of hope and love of Jesus Christ. And it reminded me that I was special. Uh, at a time when I had lost everything and almost everyone in my life, God used that shoebox gift to really communicate to me how special I was. And I wanted, my desire was one child can be able to receive that and uh, be reminded of also how much God loves them. The items that go in the shoebox gifts, those items will eventually go away, will eventually be used up. What I still have today is the hope and love of Jesus Christ that came with that shoebox gift at a time when I didn't even know, at a time when I was struggling and asking, does God love me? Does God care? And God used that uh, shoebox gift to remind me of his presence. So I, I've always had this desire that one more child can hear that. And I'm so humbled and grateful that I get a chance to serve with the ministry. And you are such an encouragement here. You know, we're at the processing center as volunteers come in and they're yeah, processing shoeboxes. Many of them will never travel. They'll never get to watch kids open a box, but you can tell them, you know, and, and having come from hard times, war-torn countries, as we're sending boxes to, to people, like, you know, children like you, uh, you can tell them that message that no one else can. So as you were talking, I thought of, you know, the grass, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. That is why we do this. So I guess knowing the impact it has eternally, how does that energize you? It is such a joy. Um, I think about that every single time I'm working, even when my legs get, get <laughs> tired, you know, averaging about five miles a day in a warehouse. Wow. And, but every time, even when I feel t physically tired, I always know my mind is always um, uh, spiritually I'm strong. And um, because I know uh, each and every shoebox that came through these doors represents a child. So I, ha I, I, uh, I have this picture in my mind. If all of a sudden, all these boxes were children in this warehouse right now. Yeah, and that energizes me. And then to see the volunteer, what, another thing that energizes me is to see the volunteers who are in here today in this processing center here in Boone, who paid for vacation, took off vacation off their work just to be here to process, not because they know the shoebox is just a toy, because they know that that shoebox is uh, carrying a message of Jesus Christ to a child. And the other day, I got to talk to one of the volunteers. She came by herself and she was checking in and I was curious, I, you know, she came by herself and said, hey, so tell me, you know, where are you from and uh, how did you come here? How do you have about Operation Christmas Child? And she said, well, my aunt uh, has, has been doing Operation Christmas Child packing shoeboxes for a long time. 
And unfortunately, she passed away last year. And I want to do this in her memory because I don't want that to stop. And so she's in her moment of grief, she's celebrating what her aunt did, sending the gospel of Jesus Christ to children all over the world. And she's like, you know what? I am not going to make this stop. I'm going to carry on the torch and do this. And that just gives me chills and encourages me. Uh, and that's why I love to be in this processing center and do what I do because um, and I want to love on these volunteers to, for them to have an amazing experience because they're the ones who are making this ministry run. Watching the volunteers work encourages me so much. They give their time, their energy, and their prayers to make this incredible project happen. And one of my favorite things to do is to volunteer right alongside them. I've done it many times, but a few years ago, our on-the-ground team volunteered together at the Boone Processing Center, and we wanted to play back a little bit of that episode for you today. As we walked through the doors, it was like stepping into the North Pole. Cheers, as you can hear. There's people in Santa hats and crazy Christmas sweaters, holiday music ringing through the place, and you can't help but smile as you walk in. We went through orientation to learn all about the rules and guidelines, and then we got to work. Our jobs were inspecting and preparing the shoeboxes for shipping. Volunteers like us go through each gift to make sure all items are appropriate to send to children around the world. My job was box inspector, and the best part about the job was that I got a chance to see all of the treasures that were so carefully packed with each child in mind. This is awesome! Look at that backpack. Some of my favorite things was one box had a silver backpack purse, and all the items were inside of that. So you opened it, and then you just quickly kept opening more and more things within this purse. Another thing was a water bottle that had many things in it, but one was like a wooden whistle that I know kids will be so excited to find. Uh, but also the cards, the sweet letters that kids wrote personalized to the children that they're sending it to really brought me to tears. As soon as our shift was over, I got the chance to meet many of the volunteers serving, and I was amazed at their commitment and dedication. Our local church has been doing this for about 17 years now. And the woman that coordinates is a year-round volunteer, and she does it for our whole county. And uh, she's on the missions team. So I joined the missions team a few years back. And uh, if you're on the missions team, you're going to be doing this. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, so we have four or five major things we do a year, and this is one of them. So we, we collect things all year round, and uh, Laura is the woman that's in charge. And so she's always working with everybody to pick up all the uh, material and things to pack the shoeboxes. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, I saw the, the activity and the fun they were having when they, we did a, uh, a party to pack shoeboxes. And this year we did about 1,000 boxes at that party. I love how you said it's your church, is, it's part of your missions, you know, and it is, it's awesome because you can do it locally with your friends and family, but then it gets sent to the ends of the earth. So I'm talking to Judith at the Boone Processing Center, and this is your 20th year volunteering. Yes. Congratulations. That is a lot of time to be ministering and serving. You know, it's, it's such a pleasure to do it. And it's such a meaningful ministry to be a part of. When you think of all the children that receive those shoeboxes and go through the, the, uh, the program and learn and about Christ and how much he loves them and then accept him as their Lord and the Savior. You know, it's just such a worthy worthy thing to do. So I love it. 
Now, how are you able to volunteer every year for 20 years? This is not an easy season. After Thanksgiving, before Christmas, it's a busy time of year. How do you carve out that time? You just plan on it. You know, you know we know that we're going to come here the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And uh, so you just know when you're coming and uh, you just make the time for it. It's worth, worth making time for, even at a busy time of the year. Now, how has working here changed your faith and drawing you closer to the Lord? Well, I think anytime you serve him, it does that. How has working here changed the way you, you pack a shoebox? You, you get good ideas every year. Somebody packs something in a box that you never even thought about. And you just think, oh, we need to put some of those in our, our uh, boxes next year. So it being here does make a difference. And uh, I just wish everybody could, could come. Our theme at our church is all ages, all in. And so we try to get everyone involved from the little ones to 80 and 90 year olds. So I take two weeks vacation. It's that important to me. We just love the, what we're doing and uh, the mission of everybody and the enthusiasm is incredible. And uh, it's just great to be here. We meet different people from all over the country. And so it's just, it's our mission and we're involved heavily back home year round. You mentioned it quickly, but I want our audience to hear, you are from Washington State. Yes. So you're coming clear across the country. You're giving up two weeks of your vacation time to serve here. How has this serving here changed your faith and, and drawn you closer to the Lord? It makes me realize that this is our calling. And, uh, you know, we love the Lord and love to serve the Lord. And this is just our dedication to do that. I mean, we're involved with other things, but this is it. This is, this is, this is our Christmas. This is our year-round activity. And it's just... It just gives us a really good feeling, and it's, it's a good thing to do. And we just really believe in the organization. And, yeah, so it's just it's great. It's hard to tell people what the, audio, what the atmosphere is like here. You know, everyone here is, they want to be here. Exactly. They, the Lord has called them. They've been obedient. They've, given, they've sacrificed. They've given up time, money, I mean, to come here. But the Lord, I feel like, is so present here. The Holy Spirit oh, is yeah. everywhere. I see people praying. Yeah, it's just, you can, you can feel the atmosphere, and it's just, it's a God thing. And until you've been here, you can't really describe it. We are praying for more and more moments where God will move in ways that only he can. Every single shoebox that is shipped out of each processing center is prayed over before it leaves. As we wrap up processing season, I wanna take a moment to pray for these shoebox gifts. And the scripture I thought of when I, when I met most of these volunteers was Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That scripture, that is what I saw in everyone I met. The peace of Christ was truly ruling in their hearts. They were sharing scripture, sharing testimonies, just working as members of one body. And so I was so encouraged by being amongst these volunteers. And I pray as these boxes go out that everyone that hands them out, whatever they do, whether in word or deed, they will give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me pray over these boxes and pray over the volunteers. Father, I thank you for um, what you're doing through Operation Christmas Child. I thank you for every volunteer and every staff member that has given their time over the last few months. I pray that you would just bless their hearts, bless their families that are represented. And Lord, I pray as each shoebox goes out, Father, these 
this is a gospel opportunity. So I pray right now you would be preparing the hearts of the kids that receive these boxes. I pray that you would meet um, just even needs and wants that they have um, within the box, that it'll satisfy what they're longing for, Lord. But more importantly, that you will satisfy the deep longing that we all have, which is a need for you, Lord. We know that we are all, we have all fallen short and of the glory of God, Lord. We have all missed the mark. We are all longing for something that this earth cannot fill and only you can. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the perfect gift. You came um, to earth um, to reconcile this sin and this brokenness and this loss. And so I pray that these kids would understand that. I pray for the local churches, Lord, that you would just empower them to reach out to these kids, but also to their family, that they will um, see a difference in the church and the members. And Lord, that you would just give them a boldness. And um, just as they're serving and continue to serve long after uh, Samaritan's Purse uh, leaves, Lord, we know the local church will remain. So I pray that you would just keep them steadfast, keep them in your word and teaching, helping them to equip and teach these kids. So I pray that you would prepare their hearts. Um, I pray that you would go before every box and Lord, just for every child, that you would truly um, soften their hearts for the gospel and to hear from your word. We thank you and we praise you for each of these boxes going forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And although I prayed that prayer a few years ago, the prayer and the mission of Operation Christmas Child hasn't changed. We're still praying for every child who receives a shoebox this year. So many boys and girls will hear about Jesus for the first time in their lives. And we want God to move in their hearts and allow them to know how much He loves them through these boxes. And I know it can be easy to lose sight of the big picture in all the details of packing, but I want to encourage you, these boxes truly make a difference. I've been able to see this firsthand through the joy of a distribution. A few years ago, I got to go to Ecuador and I got to see multiple distributions, and I'll never forget the many faces of joy that I was able to witness. But I want to share one story with you. A 10-year-old little girl got a box, and it was wonderful. So many things in it, uh, school supplies, toys, games. Uh, but she got a pack of bracelets. And she was so thankful, and she kept insisting that I take one of the bracelets. And I kept saying, no, 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 they're yours. I cannot take them. And she kept insisting. And she said, I want you to have this because I've been given so much, and I want to give back to the people that gave it to me. And I kept telling her, you know, it's not me. It's it's so many other people that have prayed and poured into that box. But she insisted. And so I took it. We took a picture, and she hugged me, and she thanked me over and over and over. And I want you to know that those thanks and those hugs and the bracelet that she gave me is a testimony to all of you, all of you who pack and pray and process these shoeboxes. We truly couldn't make this happen without your service. And so I'm so thankful for all of our volunteers who make it possible. And being in the processing centers every year, um, you know, I'm just obviously struck by their dedication and the sacrifices that these volunteers make. But I'm blown away by the, the way, by the way that we're all so unified in this mission. And that spirit of collaboration is something that only the Holy Spirit can bring. And when Abram was leading me around the processing center, you know, we talked about how all different kinds of people come. Young, old, people from all over the country. Some have to fly, some drive. Um, 
And I just love that each person that comes uh, brings with them something, a different reason, but they all bring joy and gladness. And one person I got to meet this year uh, was Miss Sally. She was a 95-year-old volunteer from Miami, and it's always been on her bucket list to come to the Processing Center. She's really involved in her local church and uh, volunteering and, and packing shoeboxes there, but she's always wanted to come, and she was just busting with energy and enthusiasm, so excited to be able to pack shoeboxes and process them in the center. Um, and, and talking to these volunteers and just hearing why they come and, and the sacrifices they make reminds me of the churches that Paul talks about. About in Philippians. And I just want to read Philippians 2, 14 through 16 that says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And that is what I see when I walk around the processing center. I see uh, people that are not complaining, they're not arguing. They're truly shining like stars in the sky, and their their joy comes from Christ, and it allows them to serve. And so I just want you to pray now as these shoeboxes are going to the ends of the earth. Uh, pray for the kids that are going to receive them, that their hearts would be softened to the gospel that they're going to hear, and pray for our local churches that uh, will love them and disciple them as they they come to understanding of Jesus and as they do their discipleship through the local church. Thank you for listening today. As always, you can check out our show notes for more information about Operation Christmas Child. You can also stay up to date and see behind-the-scenes content by joining our community on Instagram at OnTheGroundSP. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas.